Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live from the Posh Studio B, it's the Asylum Fantasy Sports Inside Slant. We are Flager and Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum for an exciting week nine with a plethora of buys. Arizona, Chicago, Cincinnati, Washington, New England, and Houston. You know what, that makes these shows, Rick, nearly impossible to do. Who are you going to recommend to sit this week when half the league isn't playing at all? I, I did, this was a tough one to prep for. Well, yeah, there and uh, there, there's some tough questions. There's no doubt about that. It's, it's hard to get the starts and sits because you know there's so many teams of consequence, fantasy consequence, on a buy right now, and, and that goes from quarterbacks all the way to some pretty good defenses, right? You know, and stuff like that as well. But um, anyway, yeah. there we go. You know, we're not going to have Tom Brady destroying some offense this week, and we're not going to have. Uh, you know, constipated Jay Cutler to talk about. Yeah, that's a shame. You get one good week out of him. He has time to go back and eat right. a b- bunch of cheese and get himself reconstipated after he was Newt freaking Rockney last week for a minute and a half, and all of a sudden we're back to square one. Exactly. But, but hey, before we get started, all right, I've I've got some a personal story that oh, I need. I, to share. I like personal stories. And as you know, you know my son plays defensive end for you know Grove City High School. Yeah. And they had advanced to the second round of the District 10 championship playoff. Had a weaker yesterday, if I recall. Let me tell you how, oh. how it went down. All right, let's hear okay, it. Okay, so they, they had a 14-10 lead at halftime. So then um, Grove City comes out, and they end up scoring, and they made it um, – trying to think now. I th- yeah, it was 20. They went for two. They didn't fail, so it was 20 to 14 and so or excuse me 20 to 10 excuse me still looking pretty good they have the ball in their own territory but they have the ball so you know we get another score here we're looking good pressure on the quarterback you know abbreviating what happened but pressure on the quarterback he tries to get rid of it his arm gets hit Uh duck goes out there pick six. Oh no. All of a sudden now it's 20 to 17. Okay. So promptly, you know, I think, I think Grove city had a, uh, a stop. Well, the other team has the ball. Well, promptly that there's, um, the, the guys going back to pass and number 57 by the name of William Briggs, defense, oh, Mr. William Briggs tips to pass. Nice off by um one of the other gross city eagles runs it for a touchdown oh nice okay so nice. now it's 27 what is it uh 17 or yeah 27 17 making sure i get everything right so you know okay the game's going okay well they get the ball back do a pretty nice methodical drive down and um it just so happens a couple of pass interference calls. Oh, this, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. oh, and this is after um, a Grove, another Grove City turnover. Ooh. That's what it was. They took the ball over at midfield. Then they had a couple of penalties that benefited the other team. Anyway, make a long story short, they score, make it 
Okay, they went for two. I think it failed, so now it's 27-23. Here it is in the fourth quarter. Probably about two minutes to go. They've started a drive in their own territory um, and had moved the ball to about midfield. Um couple of couple of minutes to go in the game they're they're having a it's kind of one of these things you know you remember like the ice bowl or even like the denver cleveland game okay this team's winning but it doesn't look like this drive stalling you're not feeling good yeah yeah so here it is it's i don't know it's like first or second down i mean no no great desperation pad the guy goes for a pass number 57 billy briggs again pressure on the quarterback Gets rid of the ball. He tips the ball straight nice. up in the air and intercepts it. Oh, he picked it. And he oh, picked nice. It. You know, nice. saved the game. Beautiful, beautiful. So they ended up with 27-23 win that on is two tip passes. By Mr. William Briggs. By, that, yeah. That's fantastic news. So so they move on. Moving they on move to the on to nice. play the team, the only team to beat them oh. so far this year. Nice. So time to exact some revenge. Now, if I remember, they got boat raced in that previous game. Was that a fluke? Well, the other team does nothing but run. Uh, Grove City's pretty much a passing team. It was about 35 degrees, sleeting, and about 20-mile-an-hour wind. So we're hoping you know, the for The first good. games are kind of hoping for a, at least a sunny day where, where there's a chance that both Good weather games here to even play, them up. Right. All right. Well, that, that's one we'll certainly keep an eye. How about old Mr. Briggs getting it done? Oh, I'll tell you. That was uh, – oh, it, it was so funny when he – when he tipped that pass and picked it off, I was wearing my wife's Sprite. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I would certainly hope so. Absolutely, and, and I didn't care. I could care less. Only because great. they don't sell beer at high school they, games, they, which we need to work on, by the they, way. Yeah, but no doubt about that. That's another conversation for another day. All right, Rick. Well, let's hop right well, into. Let's hop it. into the chat room. Oh, already? At it. Yeah, we have a standard question. Okay. And uh, we need two running backs from Frank Gore, Latavius Murray. Ingram, Stewart, and Jennings. All right. So, okay. That's what we call a stack of mediocrity there, Richard. I am immediately eliminating Jennings. All this word of Perkins getting the work this week. You still have Rainey in town. It's crowded there. Plus, I still don't know, Rick, who Philadelphia is. Now, they're on the road, so this could be the bad Philadelphia, but they're playing a pretty good brand of defense. Jennings, at best, is going to be fighting for work. He's not going to be any type of bell cow, which we talked about at the beginning of the season. We were so excited he was going to be. This injury has sort of gotten him away from it a little bit. He's become touchdown dependent. So, actually, let's start here. I think Gore's the obvious, right? You're playing, think, you're playing Gore no matter what. I think Gore what. is number one, yeah. period, on that list. I'm yeah. eliminating Jennings. I'll tell you what, Rick. I'm eliminating Murray. Going well, up against Denver. He's now fighting for work. Sneak peek. He is one of my sits for the week against Denver. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm throwing Murray out. I'm not, and we'll. I'll get into it. It was my turn. I, I'm not totally agreeing with you, Jennings, but go ahead. All right. So, Ingram, I don't know how much I'm buying the high tower taking that work, but I'm buying it enough that I think I put Stewart slightly ahead of him. He's a full go. They took him off. Although Ingram has the best matchup, you wonder how much of that work Hightower is going to get. What I know, Gore's the stud here. Stewart's the only other guy that I'm guaranteed is going to get the bulk of, you know, outside of Cam Newton and all those things we've talked about in the past. For me, pretty easily here, it's Gore and Stewart. 
yeah, Gore is number one easily in, in my book. Now, to your point, uh, the matchups with Stewart and Murray, they're, they're equally bad. Um, you know, they're playing – Stewart's playing at Los Angeles against a pretty good Ram run defense. Oakland's at least at home, but they're playing Denver. I'm like you, though. We're seeing now when Stewart's healthy, you don't see Fozzie Whitaker. And you really don't even see a whole lot of Mike Hubbard anymore. I think I'm going to throw him in at number two. So we're, we're consensus agreeing Jennings in my books, number three, I, I look, he still had, I think 13 or 15 carries last week. And I'm not buying Paul Perkins has earned the, the lion's share of this load. And when push comes to shove, it's going to be Jennings. So Jennings to me is a very close third and, you know, I mean, if you got a gut feeling with, with Jennings over Stewart, go for it in my book. But I, I'm going to give Stewart the edge slightly over Jennings. All right. So so we agree. Yeah, I keep wanting to call him Sam Perkins. It's Paul, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't yeah. Know, I got Sam Perkins on the mind. Okay. We have one more. It's a uh, standard. And yeah, this right. is for a flex. Um, Duke Johnson, Ryan Matthews. Cole Beasley or Mike Wallace? Oh, man, you can tell it's the bye weeks, can't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if this, this is PPR, to me, it's Cole Beasley without even thinking about Probably, it. Probably, but if you look, it's three or four catches a week for him, and it's three when, De- when Des Bryant's out. Who, who was after Beasley? Oh, Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. Right? All right, so <clears throat> I'll tell you what. The first one i got to eliminate is Ryan Matthews. You know, I don't know how you feel. You're not buying the, the Paul Perkins taking Rashad Jennings' work. We've seen it for two weeks that Ryan Matthews has lost all of his work to Darren Sproles, and then the coach comes out this week and says it. So five, six carries, I'm not going to sit around and wait for him to score a touchdown, which becomes his only value. He's like Brandon Jacobs now, right? Right. You're just sitting around waiting for him to get in the end zone. Uh, Duke Johnson, I'll tell you what, they haven't used him, and especially in a standard Duke Johnson, I might tend to lean – towards the receivers here. You know, I'm, I haven't been thrilled with what Cole Beasley's done, but that's a great matchup, right, going up against Cleveland. That's right. a fantastic matchup. So even in a standard, he's probably the number one guy there just based on he's going to get the most opportunity, I think, of anyone in this list. So then it comes down to Mike Wallace, Duke Johnson for me. As bad as that pass defense and We're only is, taking one, I think. Oh, we so. only get one? Yeah, I think we're only oh, taking okay. one. Oh, okay. Well, then in that case, I'm going to go – it's going to be Beasley, Wallace, Johnson, Matthews in that order for me. I think I'll go the exact same way. I mean, Dallas defense, I think, gives up the second fewest fantasy points to uh, running backs. So, I mean, either way, it, and Crowell is still the guy. So, it's you know, it's going to be tough sledding for either one of those guys. Ryan Matthews automatically thrown him out. So, it's down to Beasley or Wallace. Wallace is intriguing because he's playing a suspect uh, secondary in Pittsburgh. And, you know, Flacco has tended to find him right. some this week. But I just like Beasley's chances a little bit better against Cleveland. Yeah, Beasley's going to have more opportunities. He's going to have a lot more targets. What I'm not telling you, and if maybe you need a home run play, if you're <clears throat> like somebody in our caveman league who's facing a team that had both Julio and Mike Evans on Thursday and what they did, I'd tell you to start Mike Wallace and hope for that 60, 70-yard touchdown, which could certainly happen. But that's going to be the only true value that Mike Wallace gives you if he catches that. And there's probably a 40% chance he does that. 
that. But if you're looking for solid, steady, if you want to be comfortable, I think it's Cole Beasley here. All right. Well, let's head to the home, the phone lines. You know, a wall from last week. Uh-oh, our uh-oh. boy Jersey. We the, don't uh, really know what happened check here. The audio is our yep. new engineer. Vacation yes. already. Jersey, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Yeah, I was away last week with some stuff. I'm six and two. Junior's four and four. Trying to help him out. So, hey, in the comp league, quick question, guys. Yeah, sorry for last week. Uh, we dropped Deion Lewis, and we picked up uh, Duke Johnson, but it's a PPR league. But I'm checking out on the waiver wire. You got McKinnon of Minnesota's available. They're saying maybe 10.71. Prozy, 9.41. And then Dwayne Harris, 9.40. They're saying Harris is going to be the starter, supposedly, for San Francisco going against New Orleans. Does he pick up one of those three? Because what it is is he lost two in a row. Uh, he's five and three in this in, in that league. He's still in first, put the most points up, but he took a hit the last couple of weeks without having Roethlisberger and just some crappy, you know, just some bad matchups. So, does he keep Duke Johnson in there uh, in the PPR league, or does he drop him for McKinnon, Prozy, or Harris in the PPR league? You need to run him back, and I think Johnson was maybe ten, eleven points they were projecting. I think running back against New Orleans is probably the best bet, quite frankly. Duke Johnson's going against Dallas. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't think I drop him, you know, for this one game. I mean, is is he dropping a Duke Johnson? Yeah, because yeah. He's got, does he just have some I mean, dreck that he can get rid of? Yeah, because he he's dropping him because he has um, he's got Deion Lewis. He'll come back next week. He's got um, uh, Tavon Coleman, Lamar Miller. Um, you know, he's got David Johnson. He just got hit with. Three guys on a buy. Well, two guys on a buy and Coleman hurt. So, um, so he really needs to run him back this week. And again, I think they were giving him like ten point seven zero. So I didn't know if he was a better option versus you know with a PPR league versus the other three guys that we we had that we could pick up. And that's what he wasn't yeah. wasn't sure what to do because the guy he's going against he beat already, but that guy's tied with him in his division five and three for first. So that's why yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I get we're trying to maximize here. Um, I don't see a lot of separation between any of these guys and Duke Johnson. You know, Procise, I think he's the first one I throw out. Kristen Michaels looking good. And we got, I know we need to win this week, but we got to look down the road a little bit too. And Thomas Rawls right. is fixing to come back here pretty soon. And now it's going to get real crowded there. So Week I throw 11, him up. Yeah. Dwayne, Dwayne Harris is interesting especially going up against New Orleans. But it's crowded back there. It looks like Carlos Hyde is going to be out. I don't think it's official, right. but word is. They were talking as early as last night that he was going to give it a go. But now now it looks like he's out. But it's crowded back there with Sean Drawn and, and all the everything that's going on, and Kaepernick's going to run the ball. So it comes down to McKinnon, Duke Johnson. I don't know, even against the Detroit is it enough of an upgrade, Rick? I don't trust McKinnon. Asiata is going to see all the goal line work, anything in passing situation. McKinnon's going to get plenty of work. I don't feel good about Duke Johnson, but I don't think he's worthy of dropping for anybody on this list, Rick. No, I agree 100%. Jersey, you know, you talk about McKinnon. You know, bear in mind, you know, he's coming back from this ankle injury, and he didn't even practice yep. Wednesday. He didn't have limited yep. practice on Thursday. So, yeah, he's probably going to get some work because, you know, obviously they're going to have to get him back into it. But even when he did play, he was, uh, you know, 43 yards at Philadelphia, 36 yards against Houston, whereas Asiata right. was actually mounting up more and more production. There's For some reason, 
McKinnon's not – he's certainly not a quarterback target as far as passing goes. That's Osiata. I mean, I don't – I like Osiata better. I don't know if you ever listened to our show, you heard our very first presidential debate. I was defending <laughs> Osiata over McKinnon, right. much to my partner's chagrin here, and I, I appear to be right, and I would not venture right. to drop right. anybody for McKinnon. What do you think What do you what think, do you think of Derrick Henry? See, now, there's an intriguing piece, and he has gotten – when we get to our mailbag later, he has gotten a ton a ton of run in, in this last week here. You know, keep in mind, anytime he has touched the ball all season, it's looked really good, but he can't get DeMarco Murray off the field. And those big numbers he put up last week were because DeMarco Murray misstretches of that game. Murray's healthy. He's going to start. You may see Henry get a little more work. If this was a keeper league or something, I'd tell you to hop all over. What do you think of that one, Rick? I, now, I think Henry and and Duke Johnson could be a coin flip in terms of the production they put up this week. Okay, bear in mind, he got a lot of the work when they were trucking Jacksonville. I mean, right. My God, they were ahead 27 nothing, something like that. They could easily right. fall behind San Diego. Also, bear in mind, San Diego is sixth in the league against the rush. That's true. We don't give him enough respect. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want any part of Derrick Henry this week because, number one, I think they're going to fall behind San Diego. But even if they don't, they're still going against a run defense that gives up 86 yards a game, which is sixth in the league. That's Murray territory. They're not going to be throwing in Derrick Henry. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking all right, I'll tell him to keep, right, I'll tell him to keep, uh, I'll tell him to keep Duke Johnson, keep Duke and Johnson. hopefully he can get hopefully back next week on the waiver wire. I don't think he will because he's the number one team so far. Uh, even with five and three, there's two other guys tied with him, one in another division, one of his. He'll never get Deion Lewis back. So, I mean, he could pick Deion Lewis up, but then he, he'll lose this week. He doesn't want to lose to the guy in his division that's tied with him that he already beat this week. So, that's why he dropped Lewis picking up Duke Henry because, again, he's supposed to be down by about eight points you know, what they're projected his team to do and the other guy's team to do. Because we picked up Dak Prescott. We're playing Prescott. We're sitting Roethlisberger because Roethlisberger does not do good in the last four games against Baltimore, and he doesn't do good the game he comes back from being injured. So it takes him he a game may not be two, playing anyway. He may not, correct. So, all right, so you think you think that was a smart move, dropping Lewis and then picking up uh, Johnson because he's got Miller, he's got Tavon Johnson, he's got Latavius Murray. He's got Duke. I mean, he's got oh, yeah, David I mean, Johnson. He's got all these, guys, all these guys are coming back. Deion Lewis right. is injury prone, and it's very inconsistent in New England. I mean, look, well, Garrett blunts the bull at the, in the goal line and in the red zone anyway. Right. So I think that's right. a good move. All right, I'll tell him he did that. Hey guys, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's why I got caught up last week and we I was away, and I meant to call in there and I just got tied up with stuff. So like I said, I appreciate all the advice you give me and Junior. And like I said. Uh, trying to get him, like I said, he's five and three in that leg. I'm six and two in the other. The other leg, he's four and four. The other one, I'm four and four. So we'll see what happens. Hey, I did drop, and I'll let you go. I did in my in my standard leg. I did drop Proze, and I took a shot on um, uh, J- uh, Harris, Dwayne Harris there, because he's supposed to start. So they said he, he deserves all the touches. So I figure against New Orleans, I'll take a shot. I'm just throwing a dart out there in that standard leg, figuring. Maybe I can hit a hit a home run this week with with Harris versus Prosy. You know what I mean? Again, I'm yeah, I definitely like take. I definitely take Harris versus New Orleans over Prozice against Buffalo. I mean, that's that's probably gonna be another nine to six type of game there. Very that's possible. Yeah. 
Yep, and I figured a PPR league maybe would have been semi-okay, but without being a standard league, I need the touchdown opportunity. So I went I went with Harris, so I just picked him up now. So thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Best of luck to you guys this coming weekend, and we'll talk next Sunday again. Thanks for giving Junior and me to your voice, and uh, have a good day. Thank you. All right, good All luck. Right, thanks, Jersey. Jersey. Good luck, buddy. All right, so so let's get into it here, Rick. A little bit of the injury updates. Not a lot of not a lot of injury updates. Waited all night on pins and needles. What are we going to find out about Ben Roethlisberger this morning? He's just a, a game time decision. Now, now, frankly, Rick, I think he's going to play. I, I really, really do. You, you seem less convinced than I do. I, I've been convinced of this since, you know, since we found out. You know, even with the the talk about they originally said two to three and said no, nah, it's probably more likely four to six. He's had a decent week of practice. This is a must win. Now, I'm going to scoop my very first, my top sit. I mean, I'm probably not moving mountains here. And Jersey just stole my thunder. Jersey's on it. Maybe Jersey, we need to get a third mic and make get Jersey a part of this. Ben Roethlisberger is bad. He always comes back a week early, right? And we celebrate yep. him for that. He's always bad in that game. Now, I think a bad Ben Roethlisberger is probably better than a good Landry Jones understand that, but he's not going to go out and put up the timing's going to be off. He's not going to put up those 300 some yards. Doomerville out for Baltimore. They should be able to move the ball, but something about this game, Rothis. I don't want to say Roethlisberger doesn't play well, but they're able to harass a Roethlisberger, but he's bad coming back. I'm not playing him, but I think he's going to play, which still means good things for your Antonio Browns, your Sammy Coates, and especially for Le'Veon Bell in the passing game. I really think he's going to play, but I wouldn't mess with it. I'd take one more week from a fantasy standpoint, give him one more week off. Yeah, I've got Ben actually in the in the Scott Fishbowl 460 or 480 or 9,000, whatever it is <laughs> this year. But, uh, yeah, I've got Ben benched, and I'm going with uh, Sam Bradford against Detroit. I just don't like him coming back early, playing Baltimore, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he gets harassed by Baltimore, to your point. He's still got a gimpy knee. It's right. tender. And he can't I, – I just don't see him being uh, quite as tough to bring down. He's not going to be as maneuverable. Yeah, I, I don't like Ben this week. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see. I, I don't think – He'll throw for 480 and 5 Well, there's a good but, chance of that, too, and let's hope he does. That's one the, right. the rare one where you're happy to be wrong about – what I do think we saw last week where, where I was dead wrong is it, it's not going to affect Antonio Brown tremendously if he doesn't. It's going to affect him, but not tremendously. It may affect some of the secondary targets, but I don't know how many of those. I, I, we do have a lot of Sammy Coates in the mailbag, and we'll, we'll worry about that when we get there. Right. But And Le'Veon Bell has tore up Baltimore in these matchups since since he's been in the league. So it obviously doesn't affect him much there. Right. Where it does affect him is in a PPR format where it seems Landry Jones doesn't have that, you know, that check down ability of a Ben Roth. And who does? But but what are you going to sit Le'Veon Bell this week? I don't think so. No. So it's going to be a good week. Uh, Alex Smith out versus the Jaguars. Nick Foles to start. This, this is an intriguing one. We watch him wobble off the field. We watch him come back in. We watch him wobble off again. And then they tell us he doesn't have a concussion. And then they tell us on Friday, yeah, he doesn't have a concussion, but he's not playing this yeah. year. What the hell's going on in Kansas City? What's that all about? Apparently he has a headache. We, yeah. don't, we don't know. But <laughs> I, yeah. I can't. I just, for the life of me, can't figure that one out. You know, and staying in, staying in Kansas City. Spencer Ware also out with a concussion. Charkandrick West getting the go today. And I just, the only reason I bring this up is because you know who the number two is in Kansas City behind Charkandrick West? Someone who Tell won't us. get carries. Tell us. Your boy, your boy, 
Bishop Sankey, ah, the number yeah. two there in <laughs> yeah. Kansas City. He is going, right. Bishop Sankey is going to get carries this week, and I know you're excited. Do not try to make <laughs> Bishop Sankey happen. It's not going to happen. Some somebody Rick Briggs hates. Explain this one to me, Rick. Cody Kessler to get the start over Josh McCown this week is that your Clee Brownies take on Dallas. <sighs> I don't know. What do they have to lose? They're 0-8. You know, let's see what this kid's got, you know, because we can always fire somebody next year before we can draft another good quarterback. That's true. So we'll see what this bum's got and wear him out. You think McCown will hang around and be a bag up for another couple of years. Oh, so yeah. why have him get killed? I'd take him here in Pittsburgh. I'd tell you, hey, you want one of those McCowns as your backup. Yeah. I guess you don't want him starting, but you no. want him as your backup. No, not over Cody Kessler. Uh, what, what do we do Monday, Rick? Rex Ryan's confident that Shady McCoy is going to start Monday against the Seahawks with that hamstring. Boy, you, you put all the unless you're just dealing with Gillisley, then I guess you make that decision Monday. But otherwise, there's got to be 30 guys I have ranked ahead of Shady McCoy this week. Factor in the matchup, factor in the question mark, and factor in the hamstring, even if he does play. this is so, You just can't mess with yeah, this, this week, isn't right? Yeah, this isn't a bruised arm or whatever, neck strain, something like that. This is a hamstring. Going against Seattle, in Seattle, I mean, that's tough. And you're right. I, I don't want a whole lot of, to do with this guy. <laughs> no, I think he just and everything. Well, which again means he's going to run for a buck eighty, three <laughs> two scores. Yeah, but it's just not anything I'm going to mess with. Well, we talked about with Jersey Carlos Hyde is out. Derek McKinnon will play. You know we, how we feel about all that. Rick, one you're wrestling with, Amari Cooper looks like he's going to play. We got a pretty nasty back injury, but he's going to give it a go. Sunday night against the Broncos doesn't leave you a lot of options afterwards, but it looks like he's going to go. What, what are you doing with Amari Cooper? Rigan? He pops up a lot in the mailbag today as well. I'm starting Amari Cooper with all the buys. What choice do you have? Really? When it gets right down to it. I mean, it's, uh, you probably don't have a whole lot of choice. I mean, I have him on, on a lot of teams. I've got him in the lineup and, um, you know, I don't like to, you know, it's not the same that well, he's got a back injury. He's questionable. Well, he's going to play. You know, I mean, if if this is a back, it says a back strain. So, I mean. Kind of sounds like something they could juice him up, right? Get him through the first Yeah, I mean, half. it doesn't sound like a slip disc. It doesn't sound like a hamstring. It doesn't sound like a, a high ankle sprain, well, something, yeah. something like that. So, yeah, I'm certainly playing. They're at home. They're, granted, they're against Denver. But, um, you know, Oakland's been able to move the football. Yeah, Oakland's going to struggle, but they're, they're, it's not going to be a complete and total shutdown. No. Aqib Tlaib's out, so exactly. a bit of an opportunity there. Derek Carr's obviously going to have a hard time get, getting the ball off, but, but teams do it <laughs> less than they do against other teams, but teams do it. Right. None of this sets up. If you're in some fantastic situation where you have a, a Michael Thomas, you know, somebody like that, maybe I think about sitting him down. But you're right. It's, it's really hard to come up with scenarios where you, you have the ability to sit in Amari Cooper down if he's going to play exactly so well, let's go to the chat room here we have a standard question take one running back and one wide receiver from right. terrence west mark ingram and there's a running backs so all right i'm going west yeah that's ingram. that's west pretty easy for me marvin jones or mike wallace for the receiver <laughs> that's not so easy 
Marvin Jones. He's been bad. We talked about it a lot on Thursday, Rick, on the Arena Sports Network. I think in, in my book, Rick, I, to me, is I have to go Mike Wallace against the Pittsburgh secondary as opposed to Marvin Jones against Minnesota. Minnesota's on a two-game skid. They're at home, you know, a little sneak peek to our predictions. I'm looking at this skid to end today. Yeah, <sighs> Marvin Jones is probably – I can't even say he's more consistent. He's been bad the last several weeks where you always – when you see a guy that put together that two- or three-game stretch he did at the beginning, of the beginning of the year, it's always really painful to sit him down. But I think he can do it. Mike Wallace, you know, we, we talked about with, with the earlier question where you're sort of going to be sitting around waiting for him to make that, that long catch. You know, somebody – they're going to move the ball. Joe Flacco is going to move the ball. He's going to turn it over a lot against the Steelers defense, even though they don't create a lot of turnovers. West is pretty easy. I hesitate to throw two Ravens out there in this matchup, but I think you have to. You're upside on a, on a Mike Wallace. All this to say I agree with you. It just it pains me sitting Jones down, but it hasn't been good playing at Minnesota, which is uh, this new building seems to be a really tough place to play, a really, really ticked off. Vikings defense after you let Jordan Howard just have at you on Monday night in front of the whole country or smaller percentage of countries. Nobody watches that crap anymore on Monday night, <laughs> but I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Terrence West and Mike Wallace. And I'm going to, this is one, there's usually one or two questions, Rick, that we answer that sticks with me the whole week and I'm hanging on it. Like they're my own teams. I think this is going to be the one <laughs> Marvin Jones, Mike Wallace one. Well, also bear in mind, Marvin Jones, the first three weeks of the season, had roughly 400, a little over 400 yards receiving. Since then, in the five games since then, he's had 248 yards. So he's averaging in the last five games roughly, what, 50 yards a game. Yeah, it's been bad. And that's with a 94-yard game uh, two weeks ago against the Skins. So, yeah, I mean, I think Mike Wallace certainly has – a better shot at a big game against a much more suspect secondary yeah, than what yeah. Minnesota has. Yeah, I, I think that's what it comes down to. You're playing the averages there. Oh, what do we else do we have here? Ty Montgomery, he's cleared to play against the Colts, going to be the starting running back as, as Starks doesn't look like he's coming back yet. Does he repeat what we saw a couple weeks ago there, Rick? Is, do we buy that? I think we do. Oh, I, he's not. I don't think he's going to repeat it. But is he going to be, you know, he's valuable? Is he going to be huh? functioning against Indianapolis? You bet. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. And I think you get him obviously involved in the passing game as he's a natural yeah. wide receiver. And, you know, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised at how much he runs the ball again this time. At the same time, the Colts just aren't a good run defense. And so I think even getting him the ball, that works out there. Go through him. Rick Randall Cobb going to be a game-time decision with the hamstring. T.Y. Hilton off the injury report with his hamstring. Good news. Sammy Coates says his hand is fine, and he's going to play against the Ravens. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the questions. Steve Smith's still a big question mark. I've been efforting all morning, Rick. I can't find anything on exactly. If Steve Smith plays, how much does that all affect this Mike Wallace? Yeah, I, I think, think it affects it, a lot. Yeah. Steve Smith is notorious for torch in Pittsburgh. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I really think that it affects Mike Wallace. You know, it, it's so hard with all these buys to say, well, if he doesn't play, if he plays this, that, and the other, I mean, you almost have to take Mike Wallace at face value and yeah. see what he's done during the year. 
I think Steve Smith does affect his performance, but I still like him better than Marvin Jones, even if Steve Smith plays. Probably, but I feel – oh, here, it just popped up, Rick, almost like they were listening from heaven. Well, Steve Smith's ankle is expected to be active for Sunday's game against the Steelers. That's according His to – His ankle's going to be active or Steve Smith Well, he may player. play okay. as well. He may play as well, but the ankle's definitely good to go. Good. And uh, this is according to Ian Rappaport. Um, I'm just seeing if they get us – He'll need to show he's healthy enough to play in pregame warm-ups. They're expecting him to give it a go. So, I mean, uh, yeah. is that damning him with faint praise? He's, I don't know. It's <laughs> tough when you're 37, 38 years old. I mean, it, 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 and you're talking a joint that he relies on to cut speed and everything. Yeah, I'm certainly still liking Mike Wallace better. Yeah, no question about it. All right, let's. what else do we got? We'll finish it out. Jared Cook out versus the Colts. Hunter Henry with his knee out versus the tight out versus the Titans. Rejoice Antonio Gates owners as you may get yourself a big week here. Certainly Antonio Gates, whose price has dropped on on the daily sites, is a guy I'm targeting all over the place as a good value. Dwayne Allen expected to play, but he's not going to be anywhere near 100% versus the Packers. But that really hurts Jack Doyle if Allen's taking any of that goal line work. And Delaney Walker, a game-time decision with a groin injury. That could be a big one. So I'll keep an eye out as the show goes on. Yeah, that's groin. That's tough. Let's go to the phone line. Looks like uh, former Asylumite of the Year, Dean's on the line. I think we got him. Hey, guys. What's up, man? There he is. That's Dean from Connecticut. What's going on? Oh, I got to call in and thank you guys, man. Remember last week you twisted my arm and got me to start uh, Melvin Gordon last week. I was on the fence there with him. And, uh, man, I was getting blown out of the water, dude, and I was just like, ah, forget it, by 4.30, you know. And then my team started to make a comeback, and then I was losing by, like, less than a point. And there was 40 seconds to go on that San Diego game. I'm like, come on, Rivers, throw it to Gordon. And he does. He didn't get any yardage, but he got that one-point PPR, and I won. (laughs) 122.6 to 122.4. Oh, those are the best kind of victories there, the cheap, no-yardage, dump-off pass. I actually lost the game last week playing against the – Dallas or the yeah it was the Dallas defense they got that last sack on the last offensive play for Philadelphia and cost me a game and really really hurt my feelings so I'm glad Dean you got on the right side of one of those oh that was awesome man now now it's a two-way tie for first place I'm playing the guy that's in first place and man I don't have A.J. Green and I don't have Lamar Miller my receivers suck dude but uh, he's got Antonio Brown, he's got Jay Ajay, and, you know, he's got some good players. Anyways, guys, I'm Rodgers is my quarterback. Uh, I don't know if I'm lo- uh, is it loading too much on Green Bay, loading up too much on him. Anyways, I need three out of these five guys. I know it's a lot of guys, but I need three out of five of them. I picked up Devontae Adams off the waiver wire. So I got Devontae Adams, Ty Montgomery, Willie Sneed, Christian Michael, and who's the other guy? Uh, damn. Michael Sneed. Oh, Tyrell Williams on San Diego, Rivers receiver. So it's between Adams and Montgomery, Sneed and Tyrell Williams and Christian Michael. I got to bang three of them in there. All right. Well, let's start out. Adams is the is the obvious on, on this for me. He's coming off back double-digit catch games. Randall Cobb being a game-time decision. 
Devontae Adams, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Ty Montgomery here in a second, but he's the passing game there, there in, or the running game, excuse me, in Green Bay, throwing that, that little, little side out for him. I'm not, maybe it's easier to eliminate, Rick. I'm not messing with Ty Williams. He's been questionable. I think he's going to go, but he's nicked up. Now, every time we picked against this joker, he's, he's had his week, right? But Benjamin's going up. Chargers are calling up receivers off the practice squad. They're, they're, they're not real confident in him. I've been disappointed in Snead, Rick, and I wonder if it's the emergence of Michael Thomas. I think Snead would be three, four weeks ago if he wasn't hurt, would have been the obvious pick here. I'm going to shut up a minute, Rick. You're, you're, you look more confident over there. Well, no, it's not confident, but you're right. I mean, Snead's been basically, I mean, God, you go back to um, what, the week four, 23 yards, then a bye, 47. 87 against Kansas City, and then 56 against Seattle. I mean, he's been getting his looks. He's been um, delivering some clutch catches, but it's New Orleans. It's feast or famine with these guys, it seems like. I mean, he could be a, have a feast week this week. I mean, they're playing San Francisco. I mean, it's a pretty good matchup, but it's a good matchup for everybody in New Orleans. I like Devontae Adams. You need three out of these guys. I'm just going to go right with it. I'm go- I want Devontae Adams, Montgomery, and I know you are tying a lot to Green Bay, but in your situation in this bye yeah, week, Green I, Bay could easily score 182 points against that pathetic Colts defense, right? So I think you, this is the week where I wouldn't worry about that. You have to. Ty Montgomery is going to touch the ball more than, more than anybody else in that game outside of the quarterbacks probably, and all the different roles are going to play him. Adams, it's not. you don't even have to think about it coming off back-to-back double-digit catch games. It's the third one I'm struggling with, Rick. But I have no issue with all these Packers this week. No, I don't. I mean, you have to, you have to go with the odds, I guess. I mean, that's certainly the best – it comes the down to Michael and Schneid, right? Yeah, and I mean, if if you're looking for consistency, you have to go Michael. Uh, I mean, that's just yeah. – it, it, let, let's face it. He has not been spectacular by any stretch of the imagination. He has three touchdowns in the last three weeks, but he's been under 65 yards in all three of those games. But Willie Sneed – you know, he hasn't scored since, what, week three, something like that. So, I'm leaning towards Michael. If you're in a situation, like, you're tied for the lead, I, I think you go with the safer, best play that way. If you were, like, in third, fourth place and needed that big splash, I might go with Snead. But in your situation, I'm going Michael. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to make it unanimous. Adams, Montgomery, Michael, yeah. you know, with the caveat the that – I'm sorry. Those are the three that I that I was thinking about, and I like having that Monday night bullet too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always right. nice to keep you alive if you're down down seven or eight. You got a prayer, give you a reason to stay up, anyhow. Now you know I got to ask you the obligatory uh, Colby <laughs> Colby Fleeter question. I it's <laughs> been good not starting them. Dude, I picked up Pitta. Would you start? Wouldn't you start Pitta over Fleener? I think I would. Yeah. Um, but Fleener's got a fantastic matchup, and for everything we talked about with Snead, and, and this is why I'm, you know, I, I didn't hop all over Snead. Rick's rolling his eyes at me. No, I'm not rolling at you. It's it's just well, Kobe I w- Fleener. I wish you just dump this guy or trade him <laughs> and get somebody else. But, but but the problem, Fleener again, and I've just gone tingle plays with him. The the emergence of Michael Thomas has made life rough for fantasy owners for anybody else in that 
in that Saints passing game because he's getting involved. It's hurt Sneed. You don't know if it's going to be a Fleener type of game. Again, Pitt is so much safer. The, the, they're so banged up in, in Pittsburgh. They're going to have to cover Wallace. Now Steve Smith is playing. I don't know who's going to cover Dennis Pitta. Look at what Gronk did to them. I know Gronk does that to everybody, but tight ends torture this Steeler, this Steeler team, they're not as good at the linebacker position as they've been. I don't know who carries Pitta. This is a PPR league, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. so he's going to have – the yardage may not be there. I can't promise you a touchdown. He's going to have seven or eight catches. At least he's going to have eight to ten targets. So right. I'm going to assume six to eight catches. So, yeah, Pitt is so much safer. As always, Fleener could burn you, and I'm going to put that out – you know, put that – put that out there to hedge a little bit, but yeah, you, you, I, I've got Pitt to start in three leagues this week. So if that means anything, we'll go down together if I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, I have, okay. I have to go, I have to go Pitt to Dean. Look, he's got, you know, we had the one huge week or actually two huge weeks during the season with Kobe Fleener. You may get burned, but odds are you're not going to. Uh, Pitt has 13 more catches than Fleener. And that's the key. When you're in PPR, if this was standard, I might say, yeah, heck, go with Fleener. But he's got 13 more catches already. You're ahead of the game. And so I think Pitta is the play. And and he tortures Pittsburgh anyway. Yeah, this is insane, man. I'm carrying three tight ends. The only reason why I got Pitta. Who's the other one? What's that? Oh, I got Jack Doyle. But I don't want to touch him with Dwayne Allen coming back. Ah. Dwayne Allen's going to give it to go, give it a go today. Doyle could get in the end zone, but that's about all you can count on there. I'm not going to risk that when I know Dennis Pitt is going to get eight to, eight to ten targets. See, Dwayne Allen to me is a Kobe Fleener. Well, right. But <laughs> so, do you want the guy behind him? <laughs> well, Jack Doyle's been consistent. I mean, that's the thing. It seems like it. It, it seems like Dwayne Allen. You know, oh, Dwayne Allen's coming back. I mean, he, you know who he reminds me of in a way? Dion Lewis. Oh, great. He's coming back. Oh, gee, he had three plays. He's hurt again. <laughs> well, that's possible. You know what I mean? You want to trust Jack Doyle? I don't. I'm not doing it. Boy, I tell you. Uh, I'm not going to. You want to go with uh, Pitta? I think uh, go for it. <laughs> uh, oh, sounds like, sounds like we got an argument here. Might, this one, <laughs> one of you guys likes Doyle here. Yeah, that surprises me. Look, I'm making no argument, no <laughs> argument for Dwayne Allen, but any any work he takes away from Jack Doyle hurts us because Jack Doyle doesn't get a ton of work as it is, even when it's just his gig. So He's got 31 catches, four touchdowns, 314-some yards. He's no different than Dennis Pitta is right now. Grant, I, that's why I'm saying, yeah, go with Pitta, but I don't know. I mean, watch – so this is less Dwayne of, Allen just oh, no, kills me. I understand I, that. So all right, take it all out. Would you play Jack Doyle over No, Dennis not over Pitta. Pitta. All right. Well, over Fleener. Well then we yes. can have this fight off That's the air with said. Dwayne Allen. <laughs> well you said it you said it in a womanly way. Well no. fine if you want to play Dan, Dennis Pitta. Yeah. No. Isn't that what he said, Dean? Kinda I don't know, man. I don't want to get on his bad side. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, yeah. The only reason I'm carrying these tight ends, man, because the dude I'm playing has Jordan Reed and and Miller on Chicago on a buy. So I picked up Pitta to block him. I guess and, my point is, if you've got Pitta and Doyle, and with the with the history that Dwayne Allen has, number one, either trade 
that goonball flainer or dump him and pick up somebody else. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely dropping one of these. T- I, like I said, I just got picked up the third tight end. Every, every week this year about this crazy goon. Get yeah, rid of yeah, 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 I know, man. I, I got to. I probably should drop him. You're right. You're right. But, uh, you know, I, I blocked this guy, and then he went and picked up that Hooper guy on Atlanta, and he got a garbage touchdown. So. Oh, that that one was painful. <laughs> I saw that. I, it was one of the national guys that I don't like. I, I saw talking talking up Austin Hooper that he was going to be the second coming of Tony Gonzalez, and it wasn't really working out, and he gets that garbage time touchdown at the end, and I, did, I slammed my beer down. I was so <laughs> angry about it. Well, guys, thanks for the advice. Uh, oh, yeah, I got I got Sammy Coates, but he doesn't come into the picture here, right? I wouldn't think it. You're you're looking for that that one big play, kind of like kind of like Mike Wallace that we talked about. I, I'm sure, you, from what I remember, you got better options there. Yeah, I'm not going to sit around and and wait for that 80 yard touchdown that may or may not come. All right, man, I'll let you go. I know you got some stuff, uh, game predictions and stuff. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Have a good day, man. All right, thanks, Dean. Good luck, Dean. Good, good, good to hear from you. Thanks for getting Briggs all stirred up, and now I got to do. Everybody comes and pokes the bear, and then I got to deal with you. It's like the grandparent who comes over and sugars up the kid and then leaves. That, <laughs> yeah, that's well, what these people look at the time. Got to go. <laughs> all right, we got a standard flex question here. Before right. we get to the predictions here, and um, it is Diggs, Jones, Ingram, Hightower. I think I'm going Diggs. Yeah, I, I've started Diggs. I own Diggs in a lot of leagues, and I, it's contributed between him and Allen Robinson. It's contributed to my bad starts <laughs> in, a, in a lot of leagues. This is a game, I think we you talked about it, Rick, and I'll, I'll talk about it as well when we get to the game predictions. I think the Vikings get healthy here at home going against that Detroit team that, that I don't really get all that excited about. So I like Diggs here. He's the only reasonable option they have. Rudolph has sort of tailed off that vibe he had with Sam Bradford has sort of vibed off gone away without the passing without the running game excuse me getting the ball to Stefan Diggs in space is really what this offense needs to be and I have to assume that's what it's going to be so I, I like Diggs over a whole lot better players than those three across the league yeah and um you know all intents and purposes he's getting healthier in your mind he had that tender groin you know two three weeks ago maybe right. three or four well, he missed games now, yeah. and then two weeks right. ago was his first game back, but you right. tell he wasn't hundred percent. He looked he looked pretty yeah. healthy against He's, Chicago. Exactly. So yeah, digs. All right, let's get into it. I want to pick some games, but a couple start sits. I'll just read them off. We don't have to discuss yeah, I want to do them that unless there's any you don't you don't agree with. I'll just go one from each position. Love Dak Prescott this week against the Browns. A great Tom Brady replacement. I think. I think he has a really nice game. Terrence West, we already recommended him as a start. Charkandrick West against the Jaguars, I love. The Chiefs are mm-hmm. with the backup quarterback. They're going to run this ball. Michael Thomas versus the 49ers, we've talked about him plenty. But my start of the week, Rick, what we saw with Travis Kelsey and what the way Nick Foles liked to use him when he was in the game briefly yep. – finally justified what we I believed anyhow on Travis Kelsey since he's been in the league. For whatever reason, he's not a big part of Alex Smith's offense, but he is a big part of Nick Foles' offense. I think he has another big week against the Jaguars. I agree 100%. In fact, that was one of my starts. I'm, I don't really go as much position as you do, but uh, one of my other starts actually was Stephon Diggs. Look, Detroit's 19th against the pass. I think Minnesota gets healthy this week. I like Diggs. And another one, I like Alan Hearns. 
Yeah, yeah Allen Robinson has been a huge disappointment, and I look for Kansas City to win this game. But, you know, Blake Bortles, say what you want. He's king of the garbage time, and he seems to look for Hearns a lot in, that in those situations. Yeah. I like Allen Hearns. As a sit, I don't like Isaiah Crowell today. Looked at Dallas's second fewest points against or fantasy points against uh, running backs. Another running back sit. I don't like Todd Gurley. Yeah, Carolina defense has been uh, suspect this this year. Third against the run, against I think. The, yeah, but not against the run. And Todd Gurley hasn't been doing it anyway. And another running back sit. I know this is killing a lot of people's bubbles, but I don't like Latavius Murray he was against my top, Denver. He was my top sit of the week. So, I mean, I, I've got three sits at all at running back. I know you probably don't have much choice with all these buys. It's going to be tough to sit Gurley down, but I agree with the oh. sit. If you have – with all Kristen the buys, Michael, it may be have, it may be hard to sit a Crowell well, or yeah, Latavius yeah. Murray, but like you said, a Christine Michael. Um, I'm starting Sean Drawn in two leagues this week. Maybe it's even, a, it's hard maybe to sit even a, a yeah. I mean, it's just hard to um, sit these guys. You know, you just never know if you have a, a Darren Sproles that you oh, use as yeah. flex. Maybe have him in as a running back and pull in another guy. Find for yourself your flex, a lower level like wide that. receiver. In exactly. Your flex. Yeah, my sits, Ben Roethlisberger, we talked about. I had Latavius Murray as my top running back. Also threw my boy Ryan Matthews out there. I think it's over for him. But we talked about that a good bit at the top of the show. I did have my top wide receiver sit was Marvin Jones, so I feel a little bit better about <laughs> recommending all those sits with him. And at the tight end position, Zach Ertz. He's, he's sort of gone away. You always expect with the rookie quarterback that the good pass catching tight end is going to going to really get get it going. But there doesn't seem to be that chemistry with Zach Ertz. And I did see a little nugget: the Giants don't ever give up touchdowns to the tight end. It doesn't seem like they're really tough against opposing tight ends. So that is it. Let's get to it, Rick. Luckily, there's nowhere near as many games to pick because the entire league is on by. Let's pick some games. We will start out the one that's most important to your boys here outside of Grove City High School's matchup against, is it Meadville next week, right? Rick, you yes, want to give a prediction did. on that one? Boy, I tell you what, I don't know what the weather report is, but I'm still, yeah, I'm it's supposed a, to be nice all week. I don't know if it's going to change. I'm a homer. Oh, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll go Grove City 34, Meadville 32. That'll be that'll be good to see. We're rooting for that, and hopefully, old Mister William Briggs Esquire can get it done one more time. All right, Rick, let's go to Baltimore. Nowhere near as good as uh, Grove City hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, and maybe or maybe not Ben Roethlisberger. Either way, it doesn't matter who's playing. It's going to be a slobber knocker, and sometimes it's 9-6, sometimes it's 35-31. I'm going Pittsburgh 30, Baltimore 26. I don't think Baltimore is nearly as good a team as Pittsburgh, but it doesn't matter in no, this matchup, in this so it's going to be a close game. This might come down to just who has the ball last, right? <laughs> I might, think that yeah. it seems to happen a lot. Yeah, I'm confident Ben's going to play. I'm not confident he's going to be good, but I'm confident he's going to be good enough. Le'Veon Bell has torn up this Ravens defense anytime he's played them in his short stint here in the league. I think it's going to be ugly, near near and unwatchable, quite frankly. I got the Steelers 20 to 16. I think they they, right. they win one late. All right, the Cleve Brownies, your boys hosting the Dallas Cowboys. I tell you what, this is one of those games. Everything tells you Dallas is going to whitewash them. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Cleveland's going to give them trouble, but I still I, I can't take them to take Dallas. I'm going to go Dallas 27, Cleveland 20. When I started looking at this game Thursday night, 
I, for all the life of me, I was going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Remember, I picked them last week. They're not going to go over. They're going to win two games somewhere, and I try to identify games. The two top players in the Dallas secondary are out this week. McCown's healthy. Coleman's coming back. Terrell Pryor's fully healthy. This was one I had identified that I think trap game, right? You got all the Tony Romo drama going on. Plus, you have Dallas going to Pittsburgh next week. And Classic trap game. And then they named Cody Kessler the starter. And then. And then they named Cody Kessler. Cleveland is Cleveland because they're Cleveland. They browned it all up again. Yep. Sat down Josh McCown, who could go out and win that type of game. Normally, if everything being equal, he's not going to beat this Cowboys team. I'm surprised they haven't fired Hugh Jackson right. yet. It, it, they give him nothing to work yeah. with. And, of course, why he's making this decision, I have no yeah. idea. But that aside, for that reason, I'm taking the Cowboys 31-17. I'm not buying Cody Kessler. All right, Rick, a game, a team we have a lot invested in too much, obviously, which explains our situations. Your Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Arrowhead, take on the Chiefs. Yeah, and I don't like the looks of this game. It could be a 27 nothing halftime lead for Kansas City as well. However, Blake Bortles is Blake Bortles, right. and he can score points when they're down by 30. I like Kansas City 32, Jacksonville 25. I wanted to take Jacksonville here. When you look at it, Kansas City's playing their number two quarterback, their number three running back. Jeremy Macklin, I I just saw it come across. He is going to play, but he's nicked up. Everything sets up that this should be a game a Jaguars team could win on the road. Bottom line is they don't do that, right? They they just don't do it. Nick Foles looked good. Nick Foles is a good professional quarterback. Nick Foles plays well. A brilliant move by both the Chiefs and Nick Foles to get together. Plays so uh, completely different quarterback under Andy Reid. Andy Reid, right. So it works. It's ugly. Jaguars blow. I think it's close. I I got the Jaguars 4-20. All right, the Miami Dolphins coming off the bye after two impressive wins in your boy just tearing up the world. They are hosting the New York Jets. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Miami's starting to roll, and, you know, they've got the run game. They're they're playing some decent defense, which is precisely why I took the Jets (laughs) at Miami 27-24. This was the hardest game for me to predict, and I, I can make a good argument on either side for this one to win. So the tiebreaker for me was this. Number one, Ajayi, your boy. Who? Ajayi. Okay. He's not running for 200 again. But he's going to get the ball plenty. They're taking the ball out of Tannehill's hand. The secondary for the Jets is bad. But the tiebreaker for me on this one is I just didn't know which way to go is all this whining and crying and kvetching by Ryan Fitzpatrick, their unwillingness to trust him and how much that's taken Brandon Marshall out of the game. So I think the Dolphins keep it rolling and win 29-23. All right. I'll I'll tell you what. I'll just expand, you know, why I took the New York Jets. Ajayi is not going to run for 200 yards. He's going up against the number one. Ajayi. Yes, the number one rush defense is 74 yards a game. True, New York's defense is 31st against the pass, but you're making Ryan Tannehill beat (laughs) you. Yeah, you're right. That's an excellent argument. That's why. Excellent argument. You'll get no argument from me there. As horrible as Ryan Fitzpatrick is, I think – in a do-or-die situation, okay, for some reason, I'm throwing one of these guys into a playoff game to get yes. me to the Super Bowl. 
God help me, I think I would take Ryan Fitzpatrick over Ryan Tannehill right now. Well, let's be honest. Either one of them are going to lose you the game. Yeah, the difference is Ryan Tannehill will have you out of it by halftime. Ryan Fitzpatrick will tease you right down to the last possession of the game and throw a heartbreaking interception where no wide receivers within 45 yards of the defensive player he throws the ball to. But at least you get to enjoy it for three, you know, for 58 minutes, right? That's the difference here. Well, yeah, and you look at his stats. I mean, he has a better TD to interception ratio, although they're equal. Right. It's just that. There's something about him. I mean, he's free agent in mo- in a lot of leagues. For and good reason. <laughs> exactly. I, there's just something about Ryan Tannehill that, to your point, yeah, he he may be so bad. He's almost like Blake Bortles in a way. I mean, right. the, the game's over by halftime. Yeah. And, 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 I think... and then when they do win, it's not because of Ryan Tannehill. It's because of who? Tell me who it's from. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's what it comes down to. All right, Rick, we've talked a ton about this game already. The Minnesota Vikings on a two-game skid hosting your Detroit Lions. This is a game right here that is extremely key, not only to the NFC North, because if Detroit wins, it tightens it up considerably. But I'll tell you what, if Detroit wins this game – we're going back to what I have preached for years that Sam Bradford isn't any good. Right. Right. And I think there's a lot riding on this game for Sam Bradford. I'm looking to Minnesota to get out of this at home. I'm going Minnesota 26, Detroit 18. It may be a defensive game that wins it for Minnesota, but if they don't win this game, I you could see Sam Bradford spiraling out of control, kind of like a la the Rams. Yeah, yeah. If I wasn't so lazy, Rick, I had full intentions of. If you'll recall back to last Sunday, where we were discussing the Lions going into Houston, and we were talking about how as much as they throw the ball, Sam Brad or Sam Bradford, Matt, Matt Stafford. Right should still put up big numbers. They should be able to score. And, and the question was, was whether DeAndre Hopkins could get off with, with Osweiler and make it move, which he didn't. But I said something loosely this. I didn't even go back and get the quote. I intended to pull it and play it to thump my chest a little bit. I said, this is just the kind of game where you think Detroit should be able to go in and score some points and try to win that game. And all of a sudden you look up in the fourth quarter and they've only somehow scored 13 points. Do you remember me saying that? Yeah. How many points did they score last week? Thirteen. Oh, last, no, last week against Chicago. No, you're they, talking Minnesota. No, I'm talking Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm. Yeah, you got all me of a sudden Stafford you look Bradford. up and right. somehow Detroit and Matt Stafford only put up 13 points, and that's where they ended. That's how, as dumb as I am, that's how consistent Detroit is doing right. stuff yeah. like this. So here's what I expect. Now coming off of that, just looking at this and knowing who this Lions team is under Matt Stafford the last sub- several years. I think Detroit's going to move the ball. Not tremendously, but they're going to move the ball. They're going to score a little bit. I think this is more about Sam Bradford. I'm willing to believe, like you, that those last two games were maybe a bit of a blip and what we saw early on in the year, now with a healthy Stephon Diggs, is who the Minnesota Vikings are. What you worry about is that offensive line, and we're going to find out 
Can they overcome? You lose your offensive coordinator. Can they get that offensive line to keep Sam Bradford upright? I'm going to go with the home field advantage here. I like Minnesota 30-27. to 27. I think this game isn't going to be the grinded-out mess you think it is. I love, what's, I love Stephon Diggs this week. I think Golden Tate has himself a fair game as Marvin Jones gets taken away by the best parts of that Minnesota secondary. I think they stay in it spectacularly, find some way to lose this thing. But I agree with you. If Minnesota loses this one, which I think they could, this game's a lot closer to me and you, obviously, than most folks think. This could start a real swoon for the Vikings and Sam Bradford. You're right. All right, moving on, heading heading to New York is the Giants and your boy Eli host the Philadelphia Eagles. The New York football Giants, and I tell you what, it, I look at this game and it, it's it's one of these kind of games, you know, it's like, oh, gee, Philadelphia, I mean, they're looking so much better, blah, blah, blah. New York's at home, coming off a bye, good win over the Rams, I think it was two weeks ago. I'm liking the Giants at home. They're playing, you know, it's Eli. I know Eli's Eli, but they're still playing another rookie quarterback. Philadelphia's defense pretty stout. But the Giants seem to be able to move the football against good defenses. If that happens, which I think it will, then Carson Wentz is required to move the football. Right. That's where I think the crux of the matter is. I like New York in a very close game. I'm going 24-23 Giants. I agree with everything you just said. And for that reason, I'm You're, taking Philadelphia yeah. to win 33-27. All right. Because this season, and going back to a good portion of last season, when putting together the list of positives in everything you just said, somehow Eli Manning manages to lose that game. We saw it against Washington three or four weeks ago. There's something missing there, the, the coaching staff. you got the whole Odell Beckham drama. But it comes down to Eli for me, and he's found a way to lose those games. So while everything you said is right and should be reasons New York's going to win the game, I'm going to say it's a reason they lose the game because there's no reason for them to lose this game coming off a bye. Philadelphia is a much worse team on the road than they are at home. But I just think Eli finds a way to botch it. That's just what it comes down and to. And it's me. the NFC East. Well, yeah, good where luck it could be 9-6. Or 42-40. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know in that division. All right, Rick, the L.A. Rams hosting the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, this is an interesting game. But I think Carolina finally maybe got their feet under them last week. And um, I know they're at L.A. Rams coming off of a, a loss and a bye. think this is going to be a close game. Not real high scoring, but I think Carolina is a better team. I'm going Carolina 23, Los Angeles 16. Yeah, th- this one was tough, and I-, I was looking for an upset. So I- I'm going to go with it here, and I'm going to take the Rams 24-23. I-, I think this is a coin flip game. At some point – Cam Newton's head's out of it. You, you saw That's it true. even after a win. We didn't talk about how Carolina finally got off the schneid and beat what, even though the record doesn't indicate it, what should be a good team, what should be one of their top rivals yeah, Arizona. in that conference. That wasn't the conversation. It was poor me, poor me, poor me. And you can agree or disagree, and, and we did the, we talked about that a lot on Thursday. We're not going to rehash it here. But that stuff starts to just permeate a locker room and permeate a player's performance. When I hear a guy say, I'm not having fun doing this anymore, what's that do to his preparation? Now you add in, you go 3,000 miles, you're playing against a good defense, a bad offense, but a good defense. I, I just think I can see it 
I'm not necessarily confident on it. I'm not calling the bookie, but I can see the Rams winning this oh, game. Oh, so and I can't, too. Don't get me wrong. I agree 100%. You come off of a win against a good team, a good defense, no matter what you think. You talk to the coach. You talk to the owner, general manager, somebody on that kind of thing. You don't sit there and whine to the press. And that's all it was. On, and you're right. It was. It was a whine fest, and it's terrible to see – I get, yeah, I get it. They're frustrated, but have that conversation. If you're going to whine to the press, have that conversation after you get trucked forty-five. 10, right, right. Something like that. I mean, and, and blown off. We saw we seen the collapse of San Diego in some of these games. Phil Rivers still positive, right, and, and going positive after as it. he can be. Any <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> he's not constipated. Like Jay you, Keller, but... you positive, not oh, normal yeah. people positive, but, but like Rick positive. Riggs positive, right. yeah. And he keeps grinding, keeps going, and and you know he's never lost that locker room. No, 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 he's a leader of that team. Exactly. So I mean, that's what Cam needs to mirror a little bit more. Right. Something, yeah. even if he wants to be old stern curmudgeon about it yeah you still need to be the leader of that team and stay at least phil rivers positive but but i think you look at it cam newton the way he plays the way he succeeds he needs to be having fun he needs to be a little bit reckless and i think that's been taken in his own mind but he feels it's been taken away from him the problem with cam newton i don't think it's so much that he's getting hit more quite frankly we've seen him taking beatings I still think he's very immature. If he's not Superman, if he's not the star of the show, he doesn't like it. Right. And it doesn't matter that they won 30 to 20. It wasn't because of him. It wasn't to Cam Newton. And and that's... I think you're right. I think a lot of that needs to change if he's going to be more successful. There's a lot to that. All right, Rick, the San Francisco 49ers hosting the New Orleans Saints. Another classic matchup. An NFC championship game preview, I have to assume. Yeah, no doubt about that. Too much firepower for New Orleans. I'm going New Orleans 34, San Francisco 16. Yeah, I mean, the San Francisco end the year only winning one game. I doubt it. New Orleans would be a team on the road you'd think you could beat. But that that's what it becomes about is they don't have enough offense. Colin Kaepernick isn't enough in that trove of mediocre <laughs> wide receivers they have there with Carlos Hyde out to keep up because this is going to be a game you got to keep up with New Orleans and nip them at the end as many many teams have done this season San Francisco just isn't that team I got New Orleans by 10 37 27 Green Bay Packers Rick hosting the Indy Colts yeah I mean Green Bay this this is another this is just another situation I think there's too much firepower and defense you know, opposed to firepower and no defense. Right. And I like Green Bay 34-24. Yeah, I got Green Bay 31-20. Love Adams this week. Love Montgomery. We talked about both those guys with Dean. Like T.Y. Hilton, looks like he's fully healthy, came off the came off the injury list altogether. So I think you're going to see some offensive numbers put up by Indianapolis, but I agree just way, way too much for Green Bay. This game's interesting to me, Rick. San Diego hosting Tennessee. Oh, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, they're in San Diego. I think, uh, you know, we talked about that. I think it was with Jersey on the call. You know, you're not going to see Derrick Henry because number one, San Diego is very good against the run. Therefore, I think that it's going to be a duel between 
it's going to have to be a duel between Mariota and Phil Rivers. You get down to that, I'm going to give a slight edge to Phil Rivers. He's just a veteran. He's got a gun. He loves those kind of games. He loves a winging around. I'm going San Diego 28-24. Yeah, that was going to be my whole point as well. It came up that San Diego defense is a lot better than we give them credit for. They, yeah. they really are, and they, they can move the ball like what Tennessee's done the last couple of weeks. But, but they're Tennessee, and the whole offense revolves around DeMarco Murray. So if you can slow Murray down, you're not going to stop him. You know, I don't think – No. I think Murray probably has 100 yards in this game but I don't think he has that 160, 170 total yards and multiple touchdowns that we've seen in games that they've won. So I'm going to take San Diego at home here, 28-23. Sunday night football looks like they may have finally got one right on Sunday night as Denver hosts Oakland. Yeah, very key matchup. And it's basically the Oakland offense against that Denver defense. Now, Tlaib's not in there. The ta- or Amari Cooper a little banged up. It, you know, I love the Oakland offense so much better than the Denver offense, oh, but yeah. I also love the defense of Denver much better than the non-existent defense of Oakland. Therefore, I'm giving Denver the nod 24-20. I don't think it's going to be that high scoring. For whatever reason, Oakland seems to tighten up sometimes when you least expect right, it. Right, right. 24-20 Denver. Yeah, I'm not buying Trevor Simeon. Devontae Booker, fully healthy. He's off the injury report. He's going to play tonight. Yeah, I, I think it's sort of ugly. I, I said on Thursday on the Arena Sports Network, I wasn't sure if I was buying Oakland quite yet, at least in terms of playing against the top playoff teams. They probably make the playoffs just, just through attrition and sort of the lighter schedule they have by virtue of where they finished last year. But you're taking on a Denver defense who's trying to protect that offense with a good running game. And I think the Broncos come away with this one 27-17. And, Rick, I know you're going to sleep in Monday to make sure you can stay up late and watch as Buffalo goes across the country take on the Seahawks. I tell you what, Buffalo's going for the the NFC West sweep. Yeah. This is their last one to beat. I mean, they've beaten Arizona, the Rams, and uh, San Francisco. I don't think they're going to get the sweep. I think it's going to go three and one. I think it's going to be a good game. And um, I like Seattle in a kind of a rough and tumble sort of game. I like, you know, look, Buffalo's had a pretty good defense. Their offense is banged up with McCoy. Russell Wilson's banged up. I just, I just don't think this is going to be some high flying, high scoring game. I like Seattle 23. Yeah, I think I'm not going to call it a good game. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be ugly. Russell Wilson hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in, in it feels like, years. I, I know it hasn't been that. Doug Baldwin has been ineffective, probably based more on Russell Wilson than, than on Doug Baldwin, quite frankly. They just don't have a lot of offense there. That offense isn't – they're not getting that flow that we saw in the second half of the season last year where it took them some time to get to it, and I expected Russell Wilson and that offense to find that flow. They haven't got there. That said – you got Buffalo going into Seattle where it's impossible to play. You have LaShawn McCoy nicked up. Well, not nicked up, dealing with that hamstring. It was going to be a struggle as it is. He's hurt. I don't know what Gillisley does. They can take away the improvisation of a, of a Tyrod Taylor. I don't know where the offense comes from from Buffalo. So I'm going to take Seattle here. I think it's going to be really ugly, about 16-13, to 13, although you, you wonder if they can make enough field goals to get to 16-13. to 13. But I think Seattle wins it. If this game was in Buffalo, I'd probably take Buffalo. But being in Seattle, I'm going to go Seattle. I'm surprised you didn't have one of your like 
you know. But <laughs> 15 to 9 games, yeah, I kept, 15 to 8 or yeah, whatever you I, do. Yeah, I kept it normal at 16, 13. All right, Rick, let's get to the mailbag. we got about 15, 20 minutes left here. We need three in a PPR. All right. Some big names here. So, really, we're only sitting one. Brandon Cooks, Odell Beckham, Terrell Pryor, Devontae Adams, and Dante Moncrief. I'm sitting Moncrief. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, Adams is going to have a huge game. One, two, three, four. Or we got to sit two, Rick. I lied to you. you got to sit one more. Then I'll sit Cooks just out of uh, the possible. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, it's Odell Beckham. I'm playing him. Right. Devontae Adams. I'm playing He's him. He's a must play. So there's Cooks, Moncrief, and who am I missing? Pryor. Oh, I'm I'm playing Pryor. Yeah, you got to play Pryor. Cooks. Yeah. I don't want to sit Cooks, but I have to just – it's New Orleans, the inconsistency factor. Pryor's the only weapon in Cleveland, save Crowell. Um, you have to play Beckham, and you have to play Devontae Adams just – ride it while he's hot you may get burned and he cools down but with mm. Cobb out I don't think so yeah you wonder what Coleman coming back does to Pryor I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait and see here and I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you I'm gonna go Pryor Adams and Odell Beckham all right Rick I don't know why this guy's carrying three quarterbacks especially two of them with this name but would you go Sam Bradford Eli Manning or Matt Stafford oh okay Stafford's playing Minnesota Eli at home versus Philly, Bradford at home. I'm going Eli. Eli and Stafford are neck and neck, but I like Eli at home slightly better than, than Detroit going against that Minnesota defense at Minnesota. Yeah, my, my first blush is Stafford, but I think Eli's probably got a better opportunity for multiple touchdowns. So I'm going to agree with you. I don't feel real good about it, but he's probably the safest bet, right? Yeah. He's probably the safest bet, so I'll go Eli as well. All right, need two of these four in a PPR, Rick. Allen Robinson, <laughs> your boy Amari Cooper, Dante Moncrief, who I swear appears in every question in this mailbag Seems today, like it. and Jarvis Landry. So Landry's easy. How many one. do I need? You can have two. Um, Landry and Cooper. I, I can't bench Amari Cooper. I know they're playing Denver, but you know Moncrief. I'm not on board with Moncrief. Robinson is always the potential, but he has let you down every game save one all year long. I got to go Landry and Cooper. Yeah, Landry's the easy one. This come down to Robinson and Cooper for me. I've been burnt so many times by Robinson. I'm going to do it just out of spite. I'm going to go Cooper. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually leaning Robinson if we're being honest, and we like to be honest here on this show. I'm actually leaning Robinson, but because I hate him, well, I hate Blake Bortles and what he's done to Allen Robinson. I'm going to go Cooper here as well. I don't like that back injury. I really don't. But Tlaib being out, I, Cooper's going to have some opportunities. So I'm going to agree with you. I don't feel good about it. This is this is more about being angry at, at Allen Robinson than it is about liking Amari well, Cooper. We, well, we, we talk about Blake Bortles being the king of garbage time and blah, blah, blah. His Allen Robinson's biggest yardage production this year is 72 yards right, from week right. one. There's just something that they're not connecting. I mean, he had the two touchdowns against Baltimore uh, and then a touchdown after that against Indianapolis, but he had 55 yards and a touchdown against Indianapolis, and that was a 30-27 to 27 game. <laughs> you should be relying on your elite receiver. 
there's no that was a game I think we were watching that right. they were just decided him to mug every him. <laughs> every time the ball game is direction, they just tag him. And since then it's been forty nine yards against Chicago, is nine yards against Oakland. Nine yards yeah. against Oakland. Explain that one. And then seventy yards last week against Tennessee in a complete blowout. Forty five of those seventy coming in garbage. He had two catches before the garbage. Exactly. Time. And meanwhile, Alan Hearns is catching about fifteen balls for a buck and a half and two touchdowns in that garbage time. I will let Al I'll take the risk that I'm gonna get burned one week by Allen Robinson. Yeah. You're right. I can't go with him. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, quarterback question, Rick. Dak Prescott at Cleveland, Andrew Luck at Green Bay. I don't like sitting a guy like Andrew Luck, but I'm playing Dak here. Going see, up against see I'm going Luck. I, I have to go Luck. It's I figured just, you would. You don't like to make take that chance on a quarterback with matchups. No, and the thing is, I mean, Dak Prescott, everything he's done is great. I mean, don't get me wrong, but you know, a lot of the, a lot of Dallas success comes through Ezekiel Elliott, and Prescott just hasn't really put up these huge numbers. Andrew Luck. I mean, you know, as bad as they are, their defense stinks. He's got to score. And I, I think you just have a better potential with Andrew Luck for a big game. All right. Well, flip a coin. Pick one of us you like better. We're going to disagree on that one. All right, Rick. Sip one of these. This is, yes, this is a PPR. Terrell Pryor, Amari Cooper, noticing a theme here, but not Dante Moncrief, Stephon Diggs. Sip one, Pryor, Cooper, Diggs. This is where I'm sitting, Cooper, Rick. Uh, I'll jump. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I have to. He's injured and he's playing Denver. If if I have to, yeah, I'm going to sit Cooper. And I, I want to go back to the Dak Prescott thing. Andrew Luck is the third leading fantasy quarterback scorer in the league. Green Bay is not that stout. I, I have to defend my <laughs> digging your heels. Yeah, I'm digging it in, man. Defiantly. All right, Rick. <laughs> this is so funny, and I swear to God, this isn't a plant. And I swear to God, this didn't come from Dean. But where do we start the fight again, Rick? Jack Doyle or a Kobe Fleener? <laughs> I swear to God, this wasn't a plant. Oh, if I have to choose, I'm going Jack Doyle. I completely disagree. Yeah, go ahead. I know how go you – Go ahead. I, we'll write this down. Write this and on down. the Arena Sports Network show, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> Jack Doyle. But Alan coming back, again, you got all huffy. Jack Doyle and Kobe, Kobe Fleener. Fleener. I'm going with Fleener. Obviously, you never feel good lining up with Kobe Fleener. But I, I'm not saying Dwayne Allen's going to come in and have a big week, but Jack Doyle hasn't been a big enough a part of that offense to where he can afford to to take any less work. Whatever work they're going to get Dwayne Allen into the game, which is, I assume, if he's in a limited capacity, they're going to use him down around the goal line. That's where Jack Doyle, your touchdown dependent on Jack Doyle, say for that one big game, to put together any type of nice fantasy number. I just think there's more opportunity for Kobe Fleener over a Jack Doyle with Dwayne Allen in the lineup. Okay, we're we're going to disagree. Now, granted, Dwayne Allen's coming back. He was a limited participant in a Friday practice. Okay, which isn't all that encouraging. I mean, if you're limited, usually you'll have a full practice and so forth. However, even when he was healthy, um, he had 53 yards in week one and a score in in a 39-35 loss to Detroit. Right. Jack Doyle had two touchdowns in that game. So, I mean, Jack Doyle is – 
he's still a viable part of that offense, even if Dwayne Allen's there. I mean, Dwayne Allen coming off a limited practice on Friday, I'm not looking for him to take a ton of snaps. And I'm still going Jack Doyle until they say, look, you know, Dwayne Allen's the guy, he's healthy, and Jack Doyle, go get the water cup. Well, that's not what I was – anyhow, let's move on. For a we've, we've dedicated way too much time on this show to Jack Doyle and Kobe Fleener, for God's sake. People you have, brought it up. People now. have real quick. I'm just reading them in order here, Rick. I'm trying to be fair. Half-point PPR, Allen Robinson, Terrell Pryor. Pryor. I think I'm going Pryor here as well. Standard question, Rick, Duke Johnson or Matt Asiata? This is the other side of the jersey. Asiata. You think Asiata? I, I, I could have been more disappointed than in last week. True. But the, the whole team, they yeah. lost to Chicago. I almost had to throw that out. The whole thing was just a mess in Chicago. I mean, it, it took everybody by surprise. Nobody thought Jay Cutler was going to look like Brett Favre coming in there. <laughs> and nobody thought Chicago's defense was going to play like the Purple People Eaters from the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm throwing that out. I like Osiotti just in red zone and pass catching ability. Yeah, I, I think they're they're probably equal in touches, and Matt Osiotti's got a much better chance of scoring. Right? I think that's I think how so, I yeah. break this tie is the chance at a touchdown. I like Osiotti better. All right, here we go. It's like these come from the college. Everybody's got the same problem this week. We're in a standard with Derrick Henry or Matt Osiotti. Osiotti. Yeah, I know you're going Osiotti, and I agree with you. That San Diego run defense being what they are, I don't know how much opportunity Derrick Henry. This is all assuming now that, that that they're completely healthy at the running back position in Tennessee. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming Demarco Murray's healthy. I mean, I haven't heard that he's he's going to play. We know yeah, that he's, is he 100 because he kind of came in and out of that game. That's the only thing that makes me a little nervous with with him, right? That's why I'm I'm feeling better about him. You know, usually, if a guy gets hurt, he's out of the game. But he was back platooning back and forth, yeah. you know, maybe they just, you know, seeing how it worked out. I think he's fine with a week, you know, of practice. Haven't heard any setbacks, any of that kind of thing. I just don't see Derrick Henry no. against the third run, your third defense against the run, probably in what's going to be a pretty close game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I like Asiata as well. All right, we get one of these in a PPR, Rick. This is really easy for me. Crabtree, Devontae Adams, Dante Moncrief. Adams. Yeah, that, that's Adams, easily. Now, you, know, you have to bear in mind, I mean, it, it's how much credence you put into Amari Cooper's back and the fact that we say, well, Oakland's still going to move the football. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're going to move the football, we've already sat Latavius Murray, and if Amari Cooper's back, he's got to throw to somebody. And, I mean, that's my, that's Crabtree, which, you If know, this was a standard, I'd really discuss it. It'd be, oh, yeah. It'd be close between Crabtree and Adams. But in a PPR – right. 13, 10 and 13 or 11 and 13 right. catches respectively, whatever Adam's last done the last weeks, two weeks right. with no run game. Cause that's what it is, right? It's not the emergence of Devonte Adams. You got Montgomery sort of doing what he does, even though we didn't have Montgomery last week, right. but Devonte Adams and getting him the ball in those slip screens and in Caught space on. and in space close to the line of scrimmage. I, I think that's their run game. And I think close to double digit catches is very likely yeah. for Adams again. So the PPR made that one easy. All right, pick one in a standard. And the standard part makes this interesting. Otherwise, I don't think – it still might not be close. But pick one in a standard. Darren Sproles, Matt Asiata, or my boy, Paul Perkins. Uh, I'm going 
Sproles. He's on the field so He's much, going right? to be – he's the guy. He's right. like, they've already named him the guy. So, yeah, I mean, give me Sproles in that scenario. Yeah, you got the guy who, for me, is the clear number one on his team against the guy who's in a in a split in Asiata and Perkins who yeah, – we're just talking hype here. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're just, yeah. That, that's a hype play. All right, what do we got here? A half-point PPR, you get one, Rick. Willie Sneed, Jeremy Macklin, or Cole Beasley. I think I'm slightly going to go Beasley over Snead. Yeah, I think so. I'm not excited about Beasley. With His catch numbers have been down as it is, and then when you get Des Bryant back in the mix, that, that's a lot of looks downfield that they weren't making while Des Bryant was out. But I'm going to agree, if, if you get anything for a PPR, Cole Beasley is the type of guy against a bad defense who can sort of run free and make plays. So I'm going to go there. I don't feel good about any three of these. Jeremy Macklin's the biggest name, but he's terrible. And Willie Sneed just sort of gone away and hid with the emergence of Michael Thomas. Which means he could have 180 oh, and two touchdowns. Any today. one of these Saints receivers can. Exactly. And that's, it's so damnably frustrating to, to make make predictions based on that. But I, I think I'm not going to trust Cole Beasley. Yeah. I Beasley know what, is not going to have a 110-yard game and two scores. He may have 50 yards and two scores. Right. You know, so that's that's the key with Beasley is targets. And, you know, if if they're starting to to blanket, you know, Dez, which is hard to do. I mean, he's almost uncoverable right. when he's healthy. But, you know, the Prescott doesn't seem to want to go to Witten a whole lot. No. Like no. Tony Romo did. You know, and Cole Beasley seems to be that target hawk you know, when push comes to shove. So I, I'm giving the edge to Beasley. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, yeah, we got about four minutes left here, Rick. We can keep rolling for a little bit. When uh, PPR, we need one. Here we go again. Willie Sneed, Kenny Stills, or Marvin Jones? I think, that's I think I'm where going I, Sneed. That's where I go Sneed. I'm, I'm with you there as well. Yeah. All right. PPR flex, Jarek McKinnon, Quincy Anuwa. Anuwa. Anuma. Yeah, I think I'll go Anuma as well. All right, need a one running back in a PPR league, Yeldon or Asiata? I think we know Asiata. the answer to that. A lot of Asiata this week. This... Although Yeldon certainly, I mean, with the ineptness and, and impotence of Chris Ivory, Yeldon yeah. has some potential in garbage time. Yeah. And, and... But I still have to go um, Asiata because yeah. I think he's going to get a lot more play. I mean, McKinnon's still banged up, and, you know, Asiata's going against Detroit, so. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. All right, Rick, let's look at uh, that one's silly, Murray or West. We're going Tarkandrick West there. Need two, Tarkandrick West, Jay Ajayi, Ajayi, Dante Moncrief, and Allen Robinson. We need two of those in a PPR. Ajayi is number one. Right. Just because the success he's had and he has turned into. Ajayi. Yeah, very viable. Um, Allen Robinson, who's the other one? Uh, Charkandrick West and Moncrief. I might go with the two running backs here. I might go West and Ajayi. Yeah, I think I will too. All right. Uh, last one here, and then I got to run over to the control room and get us out of here. We need two of these, sit one in a PPR, Rick. Or no, one, two, three. There's four names. This guy can't do math. So I'm going to assume we need two of four. So pick two. Okay. T.Y. Hilton. Now, is this PPR? Yes. Okay. T.Y. Hilton, okay. Dante Moncrief, okay. your boy Brandon Marshall, 
right. Ty Montgomery. Oh, that's easy. It's Hilton and Marshall to me. Montgomery's yeah. Montgomery's certainly intriguing. I, I'm not on board with Moncrief because Hilton's a guy when he's healthy. Brandon Marshall is freaking Brandon Marshall. Right. And so I understand why he asked the question. The way yeah, Ty Montgomery back. is the run game right. at Green Bay. But I'm going to go with the upper yeah, level the upper opportunity. Echelon, yeah, right. yeah, I agree. So let, let's sneak one more in while I run to the control okay. room, Rick. A uh, half-point PPR, we need two of these three. This, this is one we can talk about a little bit. Charkandrick West, Devontae Booker, or Ajayi. Jay Ajayi. Okay, I am going Booker number one. Uh, the guy has, has found his groove, I think. It's going against the Oakland defense. He has scored. I think he will score this week. Ije, I don't think he's unbe- I don't think he's benchable right now, and um, I'm going to put him in as a second one. If we're going two of the three, I got to take uh, Booker and Ije over Chikondrick West. Yeah, I tend to. You can't sit. Uh, Ije's got the worst matchup there by exactly. far. It's not even close. But you can't sit him down with with what he's done. So I agree with that. It comes down to I'm tempted. I'm tempted to take West over Booker, but I know 100% what Booker's role is going to be and how he's playing. We haven't seen Charkandrick West play football in a good long time. So I agree. I'm going to take the safe play, and I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to go Booker and Ajayi. All righty. All right. Well, it's time for us to get out of here. Thanks so much for joining us. Good luck this week in week nine. Keep the questions coming at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootballgmail.com. We will answer them right up till kickoff. We'll be back Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com, where you can always find the show at asylumfantasysports.com. Until next Sunday, Thursday, or whenever. We'll see you. For all your fantasy opium, take care. It's just one of them nights after one of those days Pushing through a double shift cause we got to get paid I'm gonna take it to the grill, baby, catch a warm plate Old lady hot and heavy and I know she wanna play But my cell phone bugging, my crew's on a mission for the back Trying to get